Greetings, Meltopians. If you've become enthralled by the dark wastes and nightscapes of Meltopia, and want to further explore its Stygian depths, consider joining our Patreon. For $2 a month, you could become a Meltopian and gain access to the darkest artworks, as well as written mythos pieces contained in the Melgrim, entries in Meltopia's own dark encyclopedia, and the legendary Corpus Diabolos, an elite publication containing essays written by the most esteemed dark scholars. For $5 a month, become a feared mailsayer and gain early access to episodes on the Meltopia and Sleepwake Cycle podcasts, and listen to new episodes of our audio series, Tales of Meltopia, The Lost Library, and The Weird Book. And for $10 a month, join the ranks of the Melsapien, where you can listen to our Patreon-exclusive podcast, October's Children, as well as gain access to found recordings discovered throughout the world in The Weird Tapes. But if you're not ready to delve into the pitch just yet, and would rather swim the shallows to test the blackened waters, you can explore our public page which contains our entire backlog of Tales of Meltopia, The Lost Library, and The Weird Book, episodes from the Meltopia podcast, which all together number over a hundred episodes. So, whether you want to become a full denizen of the dark, or simply peruse the public archives, come visit us at patreon.com forward slash Meltopia. That's M-A-E-L- T-O-P-I-A. Now, without further ado, enjoy the show. Introducing Wondersuite from Bluehost.com. Website creation is hard, but now with Bluehost, you can answer a few simple questions about your business and get a unique WordPress website or store right away. From there, you can customize your design, colors, and content. And Bluehost automatically helps you get found in search engines like Google and Bing. From step-by-step guidance to suggested plugins, Bluehost makes WordPress wonderful for everyone. Go to bluehost.com slash wondersuite. I'm Nick Friedman. I'm Lee Alec Murray. And I'm Leah President. And this is Crunchyroll Presents The Anime Effect. We are a new show breaking down the anime news, views, and shows you care about each and every week. I can't think of a better studio to yeah. bring something like this to life. And yeah, I agree. We're covering all the classics. If I don't know a lot about Godzilla, which I do, but I'm trying to pretend <laughs> that I don't right Hold now. it in. Hold on. And our current faves. In. Luffy must have his due. <laughs> Tune in every week for the latest anime updates and possibly a few debates. Oof. I remember, what was that? (laughs) Say what you're going to say and I'll circle back. You can listen to Crunchyroll Presents The Anime Effect every Friday wherever you get your podcasts. And watch full video episodes on Crunchyroll or the Crunchyroll YouTube channel. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass!" So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com.
which was shot today as police arrived to investigate two grisly murders. They say the women's feet were sewn together at the bottom of some corpses with mere images of each other. Let's go to the water. Mr. A storm broke behind me as a fresh gust of bullets blew across the already ruined lobby. You see, before the darkness, the police exercised far more discretion as to where they pointed and fired their weapons. But now, with reminders of the darkness seasoning an otherwise dead world, discretion was not a care they took very seriously. Luckily, the dream held fast, transforming the majority of the deadly injuries I should have suffered into mere bruises and superficial cuts. Yet the police and their gunfire were far from primary to my thinking. Only the fleeing form of Tom Hush pinned my attention. He fled, still laughing, up a nearby staircase. I almost stepped on his shadow as I gave chase, nearly catching him in the grinning arc of my sister's shining teeth. But he managed to push the remains of his borrowed body just slightly beyond her reach. As we rounded a corner, I was surprised by a mob bearing knives, keys, canes, anything they could quickly seize upon. I should have known that a luxurious hotel, little more than a hive of the rich and indulgent, would be thick with secrets for the antlered god to feast upon. And feast he did. I could hear the floors above me shaking under the wide trample of secret-keeping crowds. Mercifully, these new devotees were without the physical adjustments that manifest madness could supply, and so I was confronted only by prosaic, if possessed, persons. My father cleared a flowing red path amidst the teeming throngs, but my pace was sorely wounded. I lost sight of the bleeding god somewhere on the third floor. I slipped into the dark silence of a hallway that had been closed off for some kind of maintenance, hoping the deity had taken the same route. Sure enough, standing at the end of the corridor, holding the slack darkness that tumbled all around him in a wicked grip, stood Tom. Where is your mother now, Donald? Do you even remember what you did to her? What she did to you? Think hard, Donald. You can do it, my boy. I'll even help you. I felt the god's psychic fist slam into my mind, crashing past memory and dream alike, searching and clawing for more secrets. Yet this time my family was home, and they were admitting no visitors. I grinned at the terrible violence that greeted the creature's efforts. And after all the slashing, hacking, and smashing, Tom seemed to reel from the inner conflict, but held himself up via the grip he continued to exercise upon the flowing darkness of the corridor. After a few moments of satisfying quiet, Mr. Hush seemed to regain his sense of humor, letting drip a small stream of oily laughter as he rose from his psychic defeat.
Oh, yes. I forgot about that awful family of yours. You know, it is funny how they look nothing like you. <laughs> the taunt found its mark, and I mindlessly lunged forward. Tom yanked away the darkness as if it were a magician's curtain, revealing all the magic beneath. The monster's laughter sank beneath the sound of something large and mechanical. The god's shadow stretched toward me, pushed by a large, blinding spotlight that projected from somewhere behind him. The shadow transformed as it fell over me, revealing the monstrous outline of the thing hidden within the dead, mutilated folklorist. The sight almost distracted me from the gunfire that began thundering through the window at the end of the hallway. A police helicopter fired both mounted Gatling guns, chewing the world around me into so much smoking ruin. I followed the curve of silence as it diverted into an adjoining hallway, all the while thinking of the hideous battle that had risen up all around me, wondering if it was all too much for me. I eventually concluded that such things were only to be expected when one seeks the death of a god, or in this case, the vessel of a god, and that mine was a killer's pedigree worthy of the task, and perhaps then some. I could also feel my father's fire upon me as I gave my doubt even the slightest voice. I could hear more police vehicles massing around the building as the skies filled with additional spotlights. I needed to finish Tom Hush quickly if I was to have any chance of escaping. The creature would need to conserve and repair what was left of his ruined vessel, I reasoned. It seemed a worthy idea to make my way toward the hotel wedding chapel, should it have one. You see, secrets have no greater haven than beneath the shadow of religion. Regrettably, according to the map of the hotel carved beautifully into a nearby wall, the chapel was located many floors above me, near the rooftop lagoon of all things. The most direct paths to my destination lay on the outside of the building or up the elevator shaft and I was fairly certain that my armor of dream would not long survive the direct and vulgar reality of a police gunship's shower of high-caliber rounds. So, ultimately, I found myself prying open the elevator doors and scaling the shaft to the top of the building. It was a fairly predictable route to take, I confess, but I hadn't realized how predictable until large numbers of people began tumbling down at me from one of the floors above. I was growing progressively more irritated by the antlered god, though I also admit to being slightly taken with him. He was a crafty one after all. It was a surreal if not terribly uncomfortable situation, persons falling silently through the darkness, hoping to knock me from the wall so that I might join them on their way into death. Tom smartly denied them their screams, as they might have helped me determine their angle of descent. When I reached the appropriate floor, there stood a wall of armored and armed policemen, eager to be done with their night's business. I stood to my full height, letting my father's head scrape against the ceiling, and I pushed their obnoxious lights away from my face with obedient shadows. One of them croaked into the radio. We got him all right. He's calling all out of tricks. I was amused by the bravado. 
Without warning, the power went out, followed by explosions and screams. It seemed my sister had done her work well. I had inserted her into one of the plummeting secret keepers, hoping that she might help improve my situation from the lower floors of the hotel. The bravado vanished from the men before me. I remained amused, but no longer stationary. As I rose, red and glistening from the human wreckage, I again heard the police radio. The voice on the other end called out to the six dead policemen as chaos reigned in the background. Apparently, my sister had transferred herself to the operator of a large armored vehicle and was making quite merry. Again, the voice broke through the din of madness. Come in, guys. <laughs> Are you still there? Talk to me. I picked up the police radio and held it to my lips. Even God knows when to call it a day, my friend. You should run. Quickly. I tossed the noise box over my shoulder as a song of steel turned the voice on the radio into a single wet shriek. I hastened up the stairs to the rooftop, weeding my path of any lingering ill-wishers as I went. I saw a small bit of blood just outside the door to the chapel. Tom was inside. Somewhere in the darkness of my mind, I heard my father cracking his knuckles. As I advanced into the chapel, I could feel the ample spaces around me piling with imported ancientness. A forgotten age that covered my breath in frost and summoned spirits from the cold stone of red altars. Memories of old death wandered aimlessly around me, whispering the dust of lost, epicurean epochs into the neat corners of man's modern-day temple. I nearly cheered the prehistoric shadows when they stormed against the inferior darkness of cheap, passionless places, creating a stampede of lesser shades that quickly removed the contemporary darkness almost entirely, allowing the room to fill with the black shapes that death had not yet released. My father shook with poorly governed anger, burning with such intensity that the leather of my gloves began to smolder. He was quite indignant about his mistreatment at the secret-seizing hands of Tom Hush. The antler deity's words came at me from across eons as much as they did from across the room, carried within an icy current of old death that was his voice. I'm left wondering, Donald, if truly I wish to take your secret with me. There's little flavor to be had in the eating of a secret that's not yet ripe. And while most secrets are tastiest just before the telling, yours seems like it would be spoiled if eaten a moment before it was told. You speak as though you've been given invitation to eat my secret, whatever it might be. And yet I don't feel inclined to turn it over to you just yet, I said. You may find my mysteries harder to acquire than those of a dusty folklorist, but of course, you know this already. Please. <laughs> you face a timeless opponent, Donald. Do you truly think my violence your inferior? Your hands have gripped weapons less than a lifetime. 
and I've been destroying life long before the universe decided to gift your kind with thumbs. I recalled the god's aim with a gun and chuckled at the superiority of his violence. I suppose I grasp some measure of your problem, Secret Eater, but I can see no resolution to it, save for the testing of your timeless violence, which as you can see, I come prepared for. Tom Hush smiled. Oh, the violence is inevitable, certainly. I wouldn't dream of leaving without it. But it is the degree to which I should want to apply my violence that confounds me. I can see that your father's anger has you far too inclined to put away the civility of a pleasant conversation. So, if you're ready... I am. The ground shook beneath the approach of the god, as I assumed Tom had changed out of his earthly garb of ruined flesh, and put on something far more suitable for our meeting. The darkness broke apart like shadows at dawn, as the thing that was once only a mutilated man strolled into view. Surprisingly, Tom still maintained some semblance of the folklorist, stretching the dead man's body across his monstrous spirit in the process outlining the wickedness that was the Secret Eater's unwholesome essence. The god may have been taking lives long before the advent of hands, but he certainly hadn't been doing it with sharp objects, or a gun for that matter. The demonic creature swung his oversized claws with all the grace of a blindfolded bull, telegraphing his attack long before it was delivered. I may have underestimated the god's alternative resources, however, for the very moment Tom noticed me smiling at his combat prowess, he gave me a look that carried the weight of a hammer. I found myself on the receiving end of a psychic blow that shattered my nose and cracked my already broken jaw. My father was all too glad to return the attack with one of his own, sinking into the twisted flesh of the god with such force that he brought Tom to a knee. I could see his conundrum fade from his attention, as the hateful glare from his eyes blistered much of my skin and singed my hair. Again, my father returned rage with rage, the blade of the axe sizzling deeper into the secret eater and calling up flames from the wound. The god roared, from pain or outrage, or both, and moved to tear the axe from where it lay wedged in his chest. I continued to push my luck, using the moment to bury my remaining sister into Tom's face. Unfortunately, unlike most earthly beings, he seemed largely unbothered by the cleaving of his brain. The monster glared at me from overtop my sister's smile, and set me aflame with a simple gesture. The dream preserved me somewhat from the devouring fire, which were hotter than any I'd ever experienced. I decided to ignore the flames for as long as I could, and doubled down on my attack. I tightened my grip upon the handles of my two family members, using all the strength I could muster to lift Tom from the ground, hoping gravity might assist my relatives at achieving a killing depth. Again, Tom seemed less than impressed. You call this coming prepared? <laughs> The antlered god seemed almost bored by my efforts. 
I realized that stopping Tom would not be a matter of finding his weakest point, but the unwrapping of the folklore's flesh from around Tom's seething spirit. Changing my strategy, I tore my father free and sent him roaring down upon Tom's shoulder, nearly severing the god's arm. However, my opponent deduced my new strategy easily enough and effected his own changes. Lightning split the ceiling and lashed across my arm, exploding skin from bone and evaporating blood into smoke. The pain was white and cold, making me think of a burning winter. I fell to the floor beneath the thunder, smoke, and smell of ozone. Tom laughed from his melted ivory maw. You creatures are always so impressed by the lightning. It's really just a toy. Another blazing lash from the sky ripped at my body as thunder shook the entire building. My chest bubbled beneath the blinding touch of the storm Tom had gathered. Within seconds, the swelling burst into smoke and charred skin. The dream that enfolded me was buckling, and I could feel death waiting impatiently. Humans are merely domesticated birds flying beneath ceilinged skies, licking out dirty windows and declaring the spaces beyond themselves to be infinite. You have no idea. You couldn't, really. Why the shepherd thought you and yours could interrupt me, I have no idea. If not for my interest in your secret, you would be nothing but smoke and an echo by now. I tried to pull the darkness over me, to allow myself a temporary withdrawal. But the shadows had already chosen a side, and it wasn't mine. It was after the third lighting bolt that I noticed much of Tom's torso was missing. Only a large number of smoking holes remarking upon its absence. The Secret Eater's face seemed smaller as well. The God's Thunder had apparently masked the roar of a second, much lesser discharge. One that proved much better aimed than even the lightning. My sister stood in the doorway of the chapel, feeding fire to the Secret Eater. She had returned, wearing the body of a heavily armored gentleman from the angry gathering below. She was such a splendid girl. She carried two large firearms, both capable of firing extraordinarily quickly and with tremendous effect. Tom's folklorist was rapidly flying apart, and the antlered god began to lose his grip upon the corpse of this world. I rose to my feet and brought my furious father to bear. Still aflame and bubbling, I slowly made my way to the wrecked deity, who convulsed violently beneath the terrible storm my sister unleashed as hundreds of bullets tore through his rapidly shrinking puppet. Just before my father destroyed what my sister had left standing, the god whispered through his broken vessel, burning me more than his lightning ever could. She's your mother. <laughs> Precisely as much as I am a professor of folklore. She'll show you hell before she's done. You're like the lightning, Donald. Just a toy.
Botox Cosmetic, out of botulinum toxin A, FDA approved for over 20 years. So, talk to your specialist to see if Botox Cosmetic is right for you. For full prescribing information, including boxed warning, visit BotoxCosmetic.com or call 877-351-0300. Remember to ask for Botox Cosmetic by name. To see for yourself and learn more, visit BotoxCosmetic.com. That's BotoxCosmetic.com.